Welcome to the Work Hard, Play Hard podcast. My name is Rob Murgatroyd, and I'm a former doctor turned lifestyle entrepreneur. Each week, I interview some of the best minds on the planet on the science of achievement and the art of fulfillment. Come take this journey with me. Excuses are over. It's time to live. It's funny. Somebody asked me this question the other day on social media. That what, what do I fear most? And I said, mediocrity and living a life not worth telling a story about. I see so many people putting their health on the back burner, right? Because they're not seeing some sort of ROI and especially like some sort of currency coming out of that. They just think that by scaling their business, focusing on their business, that, you know, once they scale their business, then they can come back and sit there and, and, and focus on their health. But it doesn't really work like that. You only have one life, one legacy, you know, and we, we never know how much time we have on this planet, you know, and the worst feeling ever is to wake up and, and ask yourself, but what if I did this? You know, what if? What if? What's up, everybody? This is Rob Murgatroyd, and welcome to another episode of the Work Hard, Play Hard show. Today's guests are the dynamic duo twins of Eric and Chris Martinez. Who are Eric and Chris? They're serial entrepreneurs that run an online personal training service. Now, before you think, why do I want to listen to these two guys who are personal trainers online? My ask for you is that you give this short episode a listen. And here's why. In this conversation, we talk about everything from the night their lives changed when a California highway patrolman knocked on their door at 3 a.m. with a chaplain. The truth about building a business online, how difficult it is and the rewards of it, and what being in Ty Lopez's $25,000 mastermind was really like, and a lot more. So you can find these guys on the socials at Dynamic Duo Training. So without further ado, please enjoy this conversation I had with Eric and Chris Martinez. Eric and Chris, welcome to the show. Rob, thanks so much for having us. I'm um, really looking forward to delivering some value to your uh, listeners. And yes, the pleasure is all ours. You know what, man? You guys, you two fall into the category of how do we not know each other? I mean, we run in the same circles, but we've never actually met. Exactly. And that's why I asked uh, before the show started, I was like, where are you actually based out of? Because I was hoping you would say Los Angeles so we could meet for some coffee, you know, just build that relationship a little bit more. But yeah, it is kind of uh, intriguing how we're always kind of around the same circles and like almost in the same type of, uh, you know, realm of like work. So uh, I think it's awesome that we've connected here and can't wait. All right. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to start with a basic question and then go a bit deeper. And for uh, for people listening, the two voices you're going to hear are Eric and Chris. And for the love of God, I'm not going to be able to tell either one of them apart. They are twins. And um, one of them will brag that he's a minute older. But, it, but at the end of the day, they really do sound alike. So I'm going to sort of, when I when I uh, speak to you guys, feel free to whoever wants to jump in unless I direct it to somebody specific, okay? Perfect. Or I'll give Chris an elbow here and there. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. So let's, I'd like to start with just some basic, uh, simple question, but then I'm going to go deep fast with your permission. Okay. All right. So if you were to meet somebody at a cocktail party and they asked you what you do, what would you tell them? 
I would simply tell them that, you know, we are fitness consultants and we help people look better, feel better and perform better and enhance their lifestyles as well. Okay. I'd like to rewind the clock and go back 14 years and discuss an area that you've both been fairly open about and I believe will place a better lens on the rest of this interview for the people that list, that are listening. And if you don't feel comfortable answering, just say the word and we'll move on. Can you walk us through and place us on the night when you two guys were 17, I believe, and at 3 a.m., a California highway patrolman knocked on your door? Yeah, thanks for bringing that up, Rob. Really appreciate that. And I always like sharing this story because it could impact just one person and help them out. Um, so, yeah. So if I take it, if I rewind that 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 night, so we were 17 years old. It was actually three days before Christmas, and um, we grew up in kind of like that picture perfect um, family. And you know, our father was kind of the breadwinner. He was the role model. He was everything to us, and um, he was very supportive. A uh, great husband everything. And he was actually a correctional officer at San Quentin State Prison. So it was three days before Christmas and um, we got a knock on our door and it was three in the morning and it was a chaplain and a California Highway Patrol officer. And that's not a good combination if you really think about it. So um, I thought I was in a, in a nightmare, but I never woke up fr from that nightmare. So I remember getting up and I saw them at the door and then I saw my mother actually on her knees just screaming bloody murder. And they had told her that my father had passed away in a car accident and died instantly. So from that moment, our life pretty much turned around in a 360. And um, we went through some dark times. We really did. And then three months after that, my um, mom's mom actually passed away due to cancer. So it was just kind of like a ton of bricks hit our family all at that one time. And Chris and I were kids. You know, I, I really think that 17, 18 year old, you're 18 years old, you're still kind of a kid. And like I said, we lost our role model. We lost like um, everybody, you know, we lost our father and um, it was just tough, you know, to kind of get through. And, you know, we went through some dark times just because we were very angry. We were very rebellious. And then, um, yeah, I remember just too, my, I, I feel like I lost part of my mother because she turned to alcohol. She turned to antidepressant pills. She would just, she was a completely different person. And I remember coming home from work, from school when I lived at home and she would be passed out, you know, just intoxicated just with um, pill bottles. And, you know, for a kid to see that type of stuff, it's just, um, it's very, very tough. And, um, you know, like I said, we went through some dark times, but then we had, we hit this turning point where we just got into trouble and we're like, we looked at each other and we said, what are we doing? What are we doing with our life? You know, we're, we we're raised way better than this. We have so much more to offer the world. Either we turn this around now or we keep going down this dark path. And that's when we found our first mentor. And, um, you know, he taught us a lot about, you know, fitness, body composition, the science behind it. Um, we were really intrigued by it because the weight room kind of alleviated our stress. And after that, we went on to get multiple certifications, um, our master's in nutrition, got our BA in communications and business. And, you know, we've just published a book. Um, it's called The New Era of Fitness last year. Um, we're speakers. And um, yeah, that's pretty much um, it. You know, we have our foot on the gas pedal now. <laughs> so having the loss of such a uh, significant role model in your life and a mom who was reaching for pills and alcohol, what were the steps that got you to effectively deal with the anger that you were dealing with? 
I think the the steps really was uh, the the outlet was the gym. You know, we would we were pretty much obsessed with it, and this is kind of something we teach like our community and our clients, and it's called the fitness pendulum swing. And so, if your audience actually imagines a pendulum swing, if you shift it over to the left, we call that um, a rigid black and white type of approach with fitness, and that's kind of where it's just obsession, right? You're putting fitness on a pedestal. Um, it affects different areas in your life. You kind of wear a mask to kind of alleviate pain that you're going through, and if you switch it over to the right side of the pendulum swing, that's more of kind of like a flexible, too flexible, not really caring about um, what's going on. You're going through the motions, you're gaining some weight, you know, it's really just not a systematic approach than fitness. So we were on both of those sides of the pendulum swing, you know, within fitness, because we were wearing a mask to alleviate that pain that we lost our father and what we were dealing with our mom for pretty much six, uh, six years, really dark times for six years. Um, and, And it wasn't until we met our mentor, to where we um, actually figured out how to get that pendulum swing in the middle of it, which we call the sweet spot, where you kind of have fitness as a part of your night, part of your life, not 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 consuming the, your entire life. I know that you did a Ty Lopez mastermind, so I'd like to talk a little bit about that. And the reason why is this show is about working hard and playing hard, and we're, we'll get to the play hard part later, but. For right now, in the working hard section, um, I've personally been introduced to masterminds. I've heard about them, but I never really understood how they functioned. I know that they're incredibly expensive. And this year, I just decided myself to do one. And it's been completely game-changing for me. And it's only been probably two months that we've been doing it. So my question to you is going to be a couple of them. The first one is around the cost of the mastermind. I know that Ty Lopez, um, and and for people that don't know who Ty Lopez is, maybe you can add some color there and tell us about it. Mm -hmm. But Ty Lopez charged, I think, $25,000 to get into the mastermind. So uh, tell me a little bit about that and and tell me a little bit about him and why you guys decided to do it. Yeah, it's a great question. I'm actually glad you brought this up. Um, and I'll kind of rewind this a little bit. Um, it was probably about five, three to five years, if I, if I can remember, just Eric and I, we just, we hit a point in our business where, you know, we just wanted to sit there and, and take it up a notch. And we went to Ty Lopez's uh, retreat that he had here in Hollywood. And for those that don't know who Ty Lopez is, um, he's actually just like a, a really, really savvy internet marketer. And he does a lot of other stuff. And he's really known uh, for his uh, book a day. So he's inspired a lot of people to start reading. And he's got a lot of great online programs as well, too. He's got a, he's got kind of a negative perception um, from a lot of people, but he's just such a smart guy. And he's, he's really trying to make an impact in the world. You know, it's just all the, the stuff that people see with the cars and the house and all that, that they, they write them off, you know, so that's kind of a little background on who he is. Um, and he had a great story that he talked about at his uh, retreat you know, just, uh, that really resonated with us and it was really relatable. And, you know, after that he pitched his, uh, $25,000 mastermind for a full year. And Eric and I just knew that this was the next step. You know, it was just, it felt right. You know, we were in LA, um, we needed this, you know, we needed to go to his house four times throughout that year. That's what included in the mastermind. We needed to be around, um, those higher level people, um, just literally being able to have conversation with millionaires and be in his network and learn different things. And, acquire that mindset, you know? So we pulled the trigger and it was very, very scary. I remember like, we were just like, wow, $25,000. Okay, let's do this, you know? And it was probably one of the best investments we've ever made, you know, because it's not like it took my, our business, like, a couple, you get you get some really good business ideas and, and systems to create for it, but for us that wasn't the biggest takeaway. The biggest takeaway was the mindset that we acquired. You know, uh, we went into that 
that uh, mastermind with just kind of a, a scarce mindset. We were very afraid playing small. And now after being in that, being around those people, having those conversations, going to his house in Beverly Hills, you know, four times, um, learning from um, all the guest speakers that he had. I mean, the mindset that we've acquired now, it's just, it's, it's relentless. It's unstoppable. Like nothing is going to stop us from creating or attaining our vision and Im- impacting the world and what we're set out to do. So that is the biggest reason why we're so huge on masterminds and why we advocate them because it's the mindset that it really creates and cultivates to where, you know, when you have those dark times in business and life, you're going to get back up you know, because of that mindset. So what would you say that you got out of that? In other words, how are you doing things differently now after the mastermind? I know you mentioned that the mindset is different. Were there any specific strategies or anything that you learned within that, that you're applying now? I think the biggest thing was that, and I think Chris can agree with this too, was that we actually wrote our book when we were um, in that mastermind. And we did that because we got inspired by it. And I remember him at him telling us just, he's like, why don't you guys just write a book? If that's what you want to do, then just do it right now. Just write it out and roll with it. And I think that it was just like us thinking way too much, just, you know, paralysis by over analysis. And we took action on it. And I think our book, you know, kind of has like elevated our business because it's very powerful, you know, to, to position ourselves as experts and get more speaking engagements, um, be on more podcasts and, you know, it's a great way to get people to know you, like you, and trust you, right? So um, I think that was one of the biggest things. And then to add to that too, um, at one of his retreats in Beverly Hills, he actually had two speakers come in to where they were talking about, you know, the power behind publishing a book. And then they actually had um, a three to four day event in San Diego that, you know, we actually got a discount for being in Ty's uh, mastermind. So we had a great conversation with those two guys there after they talked. And it was just a done deal to go there and get our book published. And that was that's what we went. So that was a huge key just from that, because we would have never gotten access to these guys. We wouldn't have never heard from these guys before if it wasn't for Ty providing these two speakers at his house within the mastermind. That's so great. Yeah. I mean, I feel the exact same way with, uh, with my mastermind. Okay. So you guys talked at the top of the hour, um, about some of the challenges that you went through. And I'd like to talk a little bit about some of the darker times that you maybe had in business. Um, because you know, we, we all talk a lot, you know, especially even in things like podcasts, we all talk a lot about positive things and we share all the successes that we have. But I think we also can learn from failures. So what are some of the darker times that you had building your business and how were you able to get yourself out of it? That's a great question. I don't think we've ever been asked that question, but I love this because Eric and I are very transparent and we're, we're all about talking about the wins and losses in life and including business because I see way too many people on social media sitting there saying they're crushing it. They're, they're making X amount of money. Life is so great that entrepreneurship is just the best thing in the world. And to be honest, after doing this for seven years, it's very tough. There's dark times. It's like a roller coaster. There's ups and downs. And I know you know this, Rob. So um, I just want to start off with that, you know, but I would say some of the darkest times is, you know, when it's acquiring the mindset to understand that like, it's not going to be like this linear job where you sit there and get a paycheck, you know, every two weeks or every single month. And it's not going to be steady. You know, there's going to be good months. There's going to be bad months, good weeks, bad weeks. You know, you're not going to close some clients. Some projects aren't going to go through. You could be working on a product launch for three to six weeks. And once you put it out to the market, it might not be a good fit for the market. You know what I mean? So that might tank that three to six months that you thought that you had the most amazing product, you go out there and you launch it, spend this, all this money, this time, this energy, this excitement. And if it tanks, 
You know what I mean? You have to sit there and have that thick skin and understand that it's not the market's fault. It's it's your fault for making the product, right? It wasn't a good product market fit. And it's just a lot of those type of things. You know what I mean? It's just, and it all comes down to a mindset, you know, and understand that this isn't a short-term thing. You're not going to cash out. It's a long-term thing. It's a lifestyle. It's a constant paddle up and down, tweaks, experiments, collaborations, networking, all that stuff. So I would say that's pretty much like the darkest times for myself. One of the biggest things I had to really kind of realize and understand is just the mindset it to understand that there's no linear line with this, that it's going to be ups and downs with finances, projects, all that stuff. Yeah. And I want to kind of share a story uh, with your audience, Rob, if that's okay. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And so for me, one of my darkest times uh, as an entrepreneur was two years ago. And two years ago, our, our business was doing so well. Um, you know, we had literally like 50 clients each online, um, which is too much. Um, I don't do that anymore, but it was very overwhelming, but it was good. We were making great money. Our business was scaling. Um, we moved into a very, very nice three bedroom house in Orange County, California. And um, our our goal and vision was to actually tra- uh, transform the garage into a studio gym. So um, we actually invested ten thousand dollars into transforming that gym into a beautiful kind of state of the art um, gym to where we could actually train clients in person, where we could actually hire independent trainers to pay us rent and to do a lot of content production in there. And our mistake was that we were renting the home and. That was just because we didn't think it through. We were kind of jumping off emotions and the decision was based off emotions. And that's a good teaching lesson for the listeners that you have to really think things through because a lot of our decisions are based off emotions. We were probably about seven months into the lease and everything was going great. We had clients, we were just filming um, things in there, building courses in in that gym. And then we get a phone call when we're on vacation. How ironic. And... um, the landlord says, Hey, I'm going to sell my place. I just don't want to be doing this anymore. And um, you guys have to literally, you know, when your lease is up, you have to be out within 30 days. So Chris and I were just crushed. Our souls were crushed um, just because that vision just kind of went out the door. We had so much stuff just planned for that. And we literally had to sell all that gym equipment within 30 days. And we were able to do that. And we still lost the money um, from that. But it was just crushing, man. Like it really, really was to just see how we built that gym and then have to sit there and tear it all down. I don't know what the, I don't know what exactly like what the learning lesson was at the end of the day for that, because it was, it happened for a reason and we're here where we're at, where we're at now. And maybe it's a blessing in disguise. Maybe we'll never know the answer to it, but, um, it happened for a reason. So I just want to kind of share that story. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I look at this as like, um, a favorite failure. You know, every time I see one of these things, it's like, uh, this happened for a reason and, um, it has served me and it's helped me later on in life. So, you know, it's not really, I don't think it's our job, you know, to know what every reason is, but eventually given enough time, we look back and we go, Oh, that's why this thing happened. Okay. (laughs) I got it. You know, what is the hardest challenge or, you know, even bad behavior that you guys are currently working on uh, with yourselves. And you feel free to just kind of take it, uh, you know, each one of you can take it. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll go deep on this too. This is Chris. Um, so a bad behavior that I have is really just kind of finding more joy and fulfillment in my life as an entrepreneur and in this entire journey and process. You know, um, I'm very hard on myself. Um, I'm all about kind of investing in myself going forward now. And, you know, seven years into this now, you know, when things start to take off and get even bigger than they are now, you know, I want to make sure that I have the mind um, set 
grounded, you know, for that and be prepared, you know, and, and I see a lot of people uh, do it the opposite way. You know what I mean? So we've invested some money um, that we could have sat there and invested in the business and, and scaled it or another project, this and that. Right. But I don't care about that. I don't care about doing the next project or, or the next scale. You know what I mean? That's not going to make me fulfilled or, or find more joy. So we want to kind of get back to where we were before, you know, really ground ourselves with the mindset before other things start to really come up within the business. Whew. Man, that was that was powerful what Chris said. So I'm going to echo all of that, but at the same time I just want to talk and I want to go a different direction really quick and for me it's understanding when to turn it off um, each day. And this is something that's very difficult as an entrepreneur and if the listeners are listening to this, um, it's very crucial that you find a time to sit there and cut cut off like each day and and accept what you've put into that day because there's times where I'm, I'm working till about nine, 10 at night or even 11 at night. And it's just, to me, that's not healthy. It really isn't. So, you know, for me, I have to find that, that balance and be very disciplined when to actually just, you know, cut it off and be like, okay, I did enough today. That's fine. Tomorrow's another day. And that's that I need to kind of decompress. I need to do like a wind down routine and just really calm my brain down and get some good, sufficient sleep. And just take my mind off just business and, and learning and stuff. Just, you know, just watch maybe just Netflix or some sports or something. Yeah, look, this is in my wheelhouse. The reason why this podcast was created was exactly what you guys are both describing now. You know, Tony Robbins talks about the science of achievement and the art of fulfillment. And there is a science to achievement. We go to masterminds, you go to your your different events, you get strategies, you follow the strategies, you, you know, you use a launch strategy for for your product. And, you know, you got a better than level shot of having things work. But when it comes to fulfillment, it's tricky. And that is an art. And that's why, you know, this podcast was created, which is everybody has a different way that they need to be fulfilled. And frankly, there's different stages at your life. How, how old are you guys now? 32. 32. Okay. So it's different at 30 than it is at 40 and then it is at 50. You know, we go through different things and finding that is, uh, is, is really where the art comes in. So I applaud you guys for knowing that that is a challenge. And when you're in an internet business, I mean, you know, there's an iPad and there's an iPhone, there's a laptop everywhere. You can always work, you know, you can just work until you, you know, drop dead. So you gotta, you gotta find that balance. So, um, okay, cool. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the play hard part of your lives. Um, and, you know, like I was alluding to earlier, um, the art of fulfillment is uh, something that means different things to different people. So however you guys want to answer it, there is no there is no right answer for play hard. I'm just curious to know how you guys think about it. So what is the one thing that's rocking your world right now that has nothing to do with work? Ooh, that's a great one. And I have that just right there at the tip of my tongue. And that is boxing. So Chris and I have been doing individual boxing, you know, private sessions out in Venice uh, Beach uh, for the last, I would say, eight weeks. And holy moly, if you have not tried boxing, it is just, gosh, it's such a stress reliever and just a mental, um, you know, thing to where it's just so powerful. And literally, I love weight training and everything, but it puts weight training to shame, just the conditioning part, just the mental aspect of it. And that's just something that I look forward to on a weekly basis. And I try to do it at least two times per week and just really challenge myself because like I said, it is so mental. So for me, I'm really enjoying the boxing aspect of life. 
Oh, that's great. And for me, I would say um, it, it's it's what we like to call a reset Sunday. So Sunday is the day where we absolutely don't do anything. You know, we don't do anything work wise. We don't even crack open the laptops. You know, um, for for me, that's been working really well, um, just because it gets my mind off of work. Um, it, it allows me to really detach and just not worry about anything that has to do with work related, social media wise, anything like that. You know, I can go out there and do stuff that I really enjoy. Be 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 a kid again, just for a little bit. You know, so we live in beautiful LA. There's tons of things to do. So that's the day where we get to just kind of go out and, and go to different cities, go to brunches, um, you know, theme parks, you know, whatever it is that day, you know, but like I said back um, earlier that I, I want to, I want more fulfillment and joy like on a daily basis, you know, so I can't wait every Sunday to do that. You know, it's just, it, it's too much and it's just, uh, it's too stressful, you know? So that's one thing I would say it's really working for me right now. What is the top thing that you do to clear the brain chatter and drown out the noise of the world? So what I like to do with that, um, I think that happens every day on a daily basis for everybody, whether you're an entrepreneur or just somebody that's even just working a nine to five, you know what I mean? Um, There's so much noise out there. There's so many shiny objects, so much going on, you know? So I always ask, you know, even my community and my clients, like, how do you sit there and detach from all that? Right. And that's why I'm such a big advocate on a wind down routine. So for me, I personally do have like a cutoff time and it is, you know, anywhere from nine to 10, just depending if I get everything done. But after that, you know, that that's kind of my time to kind of detach, you know, not sit there and check my phone or social media anymore, whether that's going out for a late night walk, um, doing like a light static stretch, um, just even taking like a nice warm bath to kind of just relax. Um, there's so many things that you can do with the wind down routine to sit there and just get your mind off of that. And I think it carries over into a really good restful night's sleep so you can be more productive the next day. So that's kind of what I'm doing. You know, uh, relationships, relationships can be challenging and maybe even go on the back burner while you're building a business. What struggles have you had in this area and how have you overcome them? Yeah, great question. I think that's very powerful for your listeners um, too, because I'm sure some of them have significant others and they are pursuing entrepreneurism and it's, um, it's a very selfish, um, you know, sport, if you call it that, because you have to be, you know, all about you to a certain extent. You have to sit there and put in the long hours. You have to, you know, do whatever you have to do to get your business going. And sometimes relationships do suffer. And I think I learned from it um, five years ago, you know, with my relationship. Uh, I was in a five year relationship before this one. And that's when I was like barely starting my business, you know. And gosh, I was just thinking back. I mean, I just didn't know any better. I was just, you know, putting the relationship on the back burner like anything else. And a relationship is just like a plant. You have to put, you have to water the plant to keep it growing. So for me, I just, I didn't know any better. And I just uh, put it on the back burner. I stopped, you know, communicating. I was just more about my business than the relationship and ultimately it backfired. And, you know, we just parted ways and it was for a good thing though, because I felt that person, um, you know, deserved better and I couldn't give my, my hundred percent to that person. And that's not fair. It's uh, it needs to be 50, 50 and everybody has to be all in on a relationship. And now the relationship I'm in, um, I've learned so much from those mistakes towards like, I'm not going to let that happen. Um, with this one and, and going forward, but I'm still a work in progress. I still have my flaws. I make mistakes, but I mean, it's just about learning. Yeah, for sure. God's not done with you yet, right? (laughs) Exactly. So what is the one thing that you've implemented in your lifestyle that's helped you look better, feel better, or be healthier? I would say that the, the most powerful thing for me, it always starts with the morning routine. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people yeah. will be like, well, what do you mean? How does that kind of like carry over to those three things? Um, for me, man, uh, 
the morning routine is is everything. It starts just you know with that that sixty to ninety minutes of just your time, you know, me time, to where whatever you want to do, you know, you could sit there in silence, you could sit there and read a book, you could sit there and go exercise, you could sit there and listen to a podcast, um, whatever it is that you want to do for that sixty to ninety minutes to really prime your mindset for the day. Because I'm all about taking care of ourselves in order to be able to serve people better, you know, for the day. And I don't check emails, I don't check text messages. Um, social media notifications for that first 60 to 90 minutes that I know that I took care of myself. After that, it's going to carry over to me going to the gym. It's going to carry over me being a better coach, a better business person, you know, a better uh, person in my personal life with relationships, um, all that type of stuff. So that just by starting that 90, 60 to 90 minutes of taking care of myself, that helps me look better, feel better, perform better in all areas of life. I agree with Chris. <laughs> how do you how do you shut off the noise when you wake up and you know the text uh, the text notifications and all the other things are popping up do you have a strategy for that do you uh, shut your phone off or how does that work yeah so i got this nice little like uh tactic from ty lopez um he said just literally put your phone on airplane mode for that first 60 to 90 minutes and, and sit there and take off all the notifications. This way you can't get bothered and you can't sit there and get um, that trigger from like that notification, you know, and it's such a simple thing to do, you know, and I know the first thing people like to do is check their phone, their social media and all that stuff. But then you get sucked into the Instagram world, the Facebook world, and then maybe you get a bad comment and that leads over to, you know, you kind of thinking, what did I do to get that bad comment? And then it ruins your day. It ruins your morning routine. So Turn off all notifications, put it on airplane mode. Don't even look at your phone for 60 to 90 minutes. Just focus on yourself. Speaking of um, focusing on yourself, you guys um, didn't focus on yourself and you took a trip to Mexico to help out some orphans and give back. Tell me about that. Oh yeah, that was gosh, that was an amazing experience, Rob. There's so there's there's so many things bigger out there that you could do, you know, to make an impact, to leave a legacy, to serve people, to give back to those in need. And it was just such an eye opener to how spoiled we are uh, as Americans, and we complain about the littlest things about like internet, our phone. It's just ridiculous when you really think about it. So going to that Mexico trip really kind of just made us just better people. I really, really do think that. And I mean, that Mexico trip was so powerful because now we do a lot of, a lot of philanthropy work and, you know, we go to different orphanages here in um, LA. We donate to uh, an orphanage called Together We Rise every month to get those kids backpacks. So, I mean, going to Mexico was a huge game changer and just, um, for the better, I think. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, every time we take time to give back, it's just the older I get, the more I realize that 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 is the thing that brings your soul alive for sure. So I, I want to talk to you guys a little bit about I, I want to give you some rapid fire questions, but I also want to uh, have you field some questions that have come in uh, from social media, if that's OK with you. Absolutely. So uh, Jeremy363 uh, wants to know, what's the secret to working together and do you guys fight? <laughs> <laughs> That's such a good question. Of course, we, we do. absolutely do fight. We butt heads. And the reason being because we're just opposite um, when it comes to that. Like, uh, this is Chris. I'm more of the kind of like, let's get stuff done. Let, let, I'm the go-getter. Um, I don't really think twice about it. You know, I just want to just like keep moving the needle. Eric's more kind of like a little bit relaxed. He's big picture, kind of just like takes the time to, to second guess things and, and slow me down a little bit. So that's how we balance ourselves out. And I think it works really, really good because it wouldn't work too good if we were both the same. And I think just to add to that, 
comment, what, which, what really makes us very successful each and every week is we start off our week by a, a meeting, a business meeting. So that's the first thing on the agenda every Monday morning. And it's like, whether it's like half an hour to an hour, we literally sit there and just lay it all out for the week, what we need to get done, whether it's like the social media calendar, um, client updates, um, projects, um, content creation, so much different things. So I think that that is what really kind of just, you know, puts us in the driver's seat for success every, every week. Love it. At Miller Union wants to know what advice would you have for someone just starting out building an online business? Yeah. So I would say the the first thing is really figure out, first of all, you know, what I don't like using the word passion um, too much. I, I like more kind of like what excites you most. So first you got to figure out what that excitement is, what really gets you going every single day with like, you know, figure out the whole why and purpose behind why you want to build the online business. What, once you figure out the excitement, the why, the purpose, then you can sit there and start the business and things will be so much easier because you'll be fired up every single day to work so much harder at that. Um, from there, it just really depends on the context of what business you want to go into. But uh, for me, it, it's really just kind of like, you know, outsourcing and delegating things that you don't like to do and what you're not good at. And you focus on the things that you're good at and just really take your time. You know what I mean? Just uh, don't don't rush into everything. Uh, be a little bit patient, build a community and a culture, which is super important these days. Give um, the greatest customer service, almost like Amazon Prime type of customer service. And um, from there, you know, with all those ingredients and you know, having a good team around you, building the systems and the processes, you, your business online will grow over time. We're going to hit a couple of rapid fire questions before we wrap up. Feel free to answer these as quickly or take as much time as you like. What do you fear most? Ooh, I fear most just going forward, just like kind of like the, the uncertainty of just how, how fast things are changing just with uh, social media, technology. I just fear it because... I'm kind of like an old school guy, you know, I'm a blend of it both, you know, a millennial and an old school guy. I love the human communication aspect. I love talking to people face to face. Um, so it just scares me going forward, just kind of like, you know, with all the technology and, you know, people just uh, talking about AI and all that stuff. Um, you know, I'm just scared that it's going to take away from that human communication. But again, I'm kind of like, you know, opposite of it, thinking that we're going to go back to more of the human communication. So I, I would say that kind of fears, uh, that's my biggest fear going forward. Uh, for me, Eric, I would say living a life of mediocrity. And it's funny, somebody asked me this question the other day on social media, that what, what do I fear most? And I said, mediocrity and living a life not worth telling a story about. And I say that because, like I said, I really believe in what Chris and I are doing. And I see the big vision, the big picture going forward. It's about sticking to it and just enjoying the ride, the ups and downs. And for me, I just, I can't play small, Rob. I can't like, it's just not in my DNA. I just, I, I'm going to go in all, I'm going to go all in on this and crash and burn if I have to, because I believe in it so much. And that's what I fear most, I guess, is just living a life of, you know, not telling a story about. Yeah. It's such a great answer. Um, okay. What is the one thing that you own that you probably should throw out, but you never will? <laughs> that was a fun, that's, this is a funny one. So I, I have a, a, a bodybuilding trophy on my desk in my room. And um, it was from, shoot, was it like four or five years ago? 2013. Yeah. So about four or five years ago, we did a, a natural bodybuilding contest and we just wanted to test the waters because, you know, we do coach some of those athletes, uh, but not as much anymore. And, you know, I remember I, I, I won a trophy. I took like fourth place, um, which was not that great in my opinion, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I still, I was proud of it. I was proud that I went through that journey. It was like a 26 week journey 
which was hell, by the way. And um, I was proud of it. So I, I, I have that trophy there because it, it signifies that I went through that journey and I, I earned that. But that's not who I am today. You know, I'm not a bodybuilder. Uh, I'm not about that lifestyle. So I question, why do I still have it there? And it's probably one of those things where I'll probably end up throwing away at some point. But for now, I don't know. I just, uh, I can't let go of it. <laughs> Interesting. That's a great answer. And uh, how about whoever the other one that wasn't talking? Um, for me, I would say just in my room, I have like these little kind of like, you know, taped up quotes, like motivational quotes and stuff like that. Um, you know, they, they worked for me for a while, but I think that now I'm at the point to where I, I just don't need to see those quotes every single day to kind of remind myself like on the mission that I'm on and, and the journey. And so I would just say, just take those down, just let those things go, move on, see something else that's new, that's going to motivate me. What's the best advice for your 20 year old self? Oh man, going back to just mentors, mentors and coaches, just, uh, we're really hard on ourselves. Um, thinking back from the age of 18 to 24, that that's those six years of those dark times to where we went through hell, man. You know, that's just the best way to put it. You know, no mentors, no coaches, no guidance, just barely getting through, you know, we still graduated college, um, still were working, still going to the gym, but I just feel like those six years, I like, could have been maximized. And I just feel like, damn, if I had those six years under my belt, like where I'd be at now, but you know, I can't have that mindset with it. You know, there's a reason why I went through it all and, and why I am where I'm at now and serving people the way I am and making an impact. So I would just say 20 years old, hire mentors, hire coaches, just learn from some of the greats, you know, just really get that guidance because mentors and coaches have paid so much money to learn from other mentors and coaches. They've made mistakes and it's going to really, really teach you guys, um, you know, how to really just move the ball that you're trying to do. Um, whatever it is, whatever endeavor it is, I would just double town on, on mentors and coaches hands down. And I would say to, to piggyback off that for me, um, it's acquire a growth mindset over a fixed mindset as soon as possible. Um, just because I mean, you have to be a constant student um, in this game of entrepreneurism and in life, in my opinion, because things are constantly evolving and changing and you have to adapt to certain situations or else you're going to be left behind. And it just goes back to living that life of mediocrity, in my opinion. If you have a growth mindset, you're always going to be you know, willing to learn. You're going to always want to expand your mindset. Um, one of the, A great quote Ty Lopez once said to us too was, you know, a mind full of conclusions leads has no room for expansion. So... Again, just uh, acquire that growth mindset as soon as possible and just learn, just learn, 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 and learn some more. What do people never ask you, but you wish they did? I'll take this one. For me, it's just, it's what I kind of said earlier is why am I not afraid to fail in life? And it's just because I believe in what I'm doing. And, you know, once you are so clear on what you're doing in life and what your purpose is, then um, you don't fear failing. You know, failing is just uh, you know like little bits and pieces of just learning. In my opinion, you dust yourself off, you go back to the drawing board, and and that's that. So, you know, if somebody asked me, you know, why am I not afraid to fail? Why am I not afraid to invest money in something? It's just because I know the ROI is there. Um, might, it might not be tomorrow, it might not be next week, but it's going to be there at some point. If I were to talk to your friends and ask them what your superpowers are, what would they answer? I would say just one of the biggest things is, uh, you know, Eric and I are very grounded, you know, and, and we're givers, not takers. You know, we're always looking to help people out, like even our friends kind of encourage them and, and just 
the groundedness, you know, like, you know, we've been in like these masterminds, we've worked on like ourselves so much. We've spent a lot of money to sit there and personally develop ourselves. And we never, ever let it get to our head. We never sit there and put ourselves on a pedestal. We never sit there and think we're better than other people. You know, we're always very grounded by it. Cause we remember, cause we always remember where we came from in those, uh, in those dark years we went through. So I would say the biggest superpower is just like really just, um, you know, being grounded and, and helping others and being givers instead of takers. And I would say, uh, human communication, baby. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that Chris and I are just very good at establishing relationships with people and our clients as well too. And that's, what's really made us very successful. And that's really what it's all about is establishing relationships and fostering them and building them and keeping them. And, you know, for me, I just, uh, I feel like I'm very good at that because, you know, I'm at a point in my life now, especially, um, I can be vulnerable. Um, I can show more empathy. I have the courage to do things and say things that's on my mind and, really put people in a good, you know, place, uh, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually to where it's like, they will trust me. They'll trust me. And, you know, I'm more of a friend than anything else. So, um, human communication, I think it's so powerful just to look people in the eyes, shake a hand, get on a video instead of just an email. So that's, that's, that's powerful for me. Absolutely love it. Okay. Last question. If you had to give a Ted talk on nothing that you're known for or nothing that you speak about, and it could be on anything, that you like to do or have a passion for or anything else in the world that you want, what would it be on? Rob, I'll go big brother by one minute. We'll go on this one. Uh, I would probably do a Ted talk on, on basketball. And I know it sounds funny, but growing up, um, you know, in elementary, middle school and high school, like I loved basketball. I loved playing basketball. I played up until senior year and I still love basketball till this day, watching it and playing it. And I don't know, I would just do a Ted talk, like on something about the importance of like the love of the game. And it's because for me, I could even like step outside of like a really busy day, like just, I'm really overwhelmed and stressed and I could go down to the park, down the street and go shoot some hoops. And that will just put so much more joy in my day and fulfill me just because I love basketball so much. I love just playing, you know, just shooting hoops, just the strategy behind it. So for me, I don't know, I would do some sort of Ted talk on, on basketball and like the love of the game and like how you could use it to, you know, have some fun and joy in your day. All right. I got something. Are you going to be able to beat him? Cause I was, good. Uh, I think I'll beat him. Yeah. So, uh, one of my mentors, uh, Philip McKern, he's, he has this uh, quote that says in the absence of clarity, take action in the absence of clarity, take action. I would do a Ted talk on that because I think that, um, a lot of people really miss out on, on life because they want that really, you know, just linear blueprint and, and want to always make sure that it's going to be safe and they're going to be okay. You know, and sometimes, you know, you don't have that clarity. Sometimes you don't have that blueprint. Um, you don't have that right answer, but if you have that gut feeling, just take action. You know what I mean? And this can be used in any part of life. You know, for one thing is when some people are are very unhappy of where they live, right? I think the power of location is is huge, right? It's very underlooked. If somebody wakes up every single day and they're not happy with where they live, if the weather's affecting them and their productivity, then move. You know what I mean? And, and you don't know if it's going to be a good move. You don't know if it's going to be, everything's going to work out the way you want, but there's no clarity there, right? So take action. You know, so I would do a TED talk on that, just in the absence of clarity, take action and just learn, just learn from it. You know, trust your gut instead of sitting there trying to trust something on Google or something like that. That's a great answer too. See, do you guys have any final words, suggestions, or an ask for the people that are listening? 
I would just say kind of like the, the whole theme on this, I think it's centered around two things, what I really got out of this. And Rob, before, I just want to say thank you so much for having us on here. Um, it's been a pleasure. You've had some great questions and just thank you for having us on here. You really appreciate You're that. You're welcome. You're welcome. So I've kind of noticed two themes within this and it's, it's mentorship and coaches. And then the other thing is just playing, not playing small, right? So if I could tell your listeners, those two things to don't be afraid to go out there and acquire mentors and coaches, don't be afraid to go out there and pay to play and invest. Right. And the second thing is just, uh, don't be afraid to play big. You know, I think too many people play small. They, they sit there to play not to win, you know, and instead reframe your mindset to sit there and play to win and, and win big you know, because you only have one life, one legacy, you know, and we, we never know how much time we have on this planet, you know, and the worst feeling ever is to wake up and, and ask yourself, what, what if I did this? You know, what if, you know, and instead really think about, you know, doing it, taking action, playing big and doing the things that you really want to do to fulfill your life. Chris blew me out of the water with that one. So I'm going to go the opposite direction and, and go for an ask. And I ask your audience to check out our free book that we're giving out called The New Era of Fitness. And the reason why I asked them to check it out, because if you are that entrepreneur where you're putting health on the back burner, then this book is going to simplify all that stuff and really put you in the right direction because we talk about the importance of flexible exercise, flexible nutrition, how to develop a growth mindset, be relentless, how to incorporate personal development because fitness is a form of personal development. And most importantly, how do you intertwine it into a realistic, enjoyable, and flexible lifestyle based around health, wealth, love, and happiness? So that is my ask is if you feel like you're in that situation and want to educate yourself and get going in the right direction, um, check out our book, The New Era of Fitness. Okay. And we will link it up in the show notes. Is there a URL that you want to share right now? Yes. That is uh, theneweraoffitness.com. All right. You guys are freaking amazing. Your dad is in heaven looking down. Very, very proud of the work that the two of you have done. So it has been my absolute pleasure getting to know you guys. And thank you for taking the time. Thanks so much, Robin. Thanks so much for that last uh, that comment. Really appreciate yeah, that. Thanks a lot, Rob. You got it. All right. Thanks for listening. If you love this episode and you know someone that needs some help in either stepping up their work hard game or their play hard game, it would mean the world to me if you shared this podcast with them to help me get this movement out there. So if you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes, take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and I will be forever grateful. So until the next episode, excuses are over. It's time to live.